open in your Bible with me, if you have it, to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And we're going to continue on this little message series that the Lord's directing us about times of refreshing. And of course, I'm talking about Rock Conference uh, being a time of refreshing, and we are expecting that, that time where He breathes new life into you. But you know, there's, there's other times of refreshing, like today, that you could come in here one way and you'll go out another. You can come in here with some burdens, you can go out with some joy. You can come in here with heavy weight and you can go out, you know, with, with peace. And that, that's a time of refreshing, that's what God wants to do. You can come out of here mean and angry and just ugly on the inside. You come out nice and happy and beautiful on the inside. And you know, if you're beautiful on the inside, you start to look better on the outside because that frown turns upside down. You turn into a smile. You got joy. And that's what the Lord does. He wants to refresh us. He wants to breathe new life into us. And so let's read this scripture that we've been going through over the past several weeks from Acts chapter 3, verse 19. I'll put it on the screen so we can all say it out loud and loudly together. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So as we've talked about this, we saw that word repent, it means change the way you think. Let change your mind. The way you're thinking needs to radically change. And once your thinking changes, the way you think about, about God, the way you think about others, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about situations, God is saying all those things need to change. If you want it to be refreshed, there needs to be a, a, a turnaround on the inside up here. Because you can't pour, like, like, like if, if I have a cup and it's full of stuff and I want to put new stuff in it, I got to get the old stuff out, right? And so that old way of thinking, it needs to change. It needs to come out so God's new thing can be put in. Tell the person next to you, you need God to do a new thing. You guys are helping me preach already. You're doing a great job. If you keep this up, you're going to be receiving offerings afterwards, and you're like, hey, I can do this. So there's a change that needs to take place in our minds, and then the next step is and turn. Because once you change the way you think about things, then you can change your action. You can change your direction. You can turn that around. But it has to start up here. That's why it's so important to be in the Word of God, reading the Word regularly so that your mind can be renewed. When your mind is renewed and the way you see things changes, then you can change your actions, right? But with if, I'll tell you what, if you've, got, if you've got issues, how many of you guys know somebody who has issues? How many of you may be sitting next to someone who has, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, got issues? We all have issues, right? It's not a question of if we have issues, it's just what are you doing about those issues? And so if somebody is going to, if I can come in as a pastor, sometimes I'll, I'll give people counseling because they're having conflict, they're having problems, they have, they have issues. And if I just try to address their behavior and tell them the right way to do it, like, like for example, if you're always cussing each other out, you're going to have relationship issues. So if I say, stop cussing you know, each other out, I'm giving you the turn. And if you simply say, well, yeah, you know, fine, I'll try that. You can't just simply turn unless the reason why you're cussing each other out is changed, right? And so, so yeah, you might try to tame the tongue, but what's going on inside here to make you want to say those things in the first place? 
Well, that's because you feel a certain way about that person or about yourself. And so that's why you, 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 the scripture saying, you got to change the way you think so you can change your actions. So it's not just behavior. Like you can go, you know, I, I could staple your mouth shut, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to be thinking cuss words. You're going to be like, you know, Morse code with your eyes or something when you're in conversation. And so that's where in the heart or the mind there, the inner, the inner man, inner woman, inner person, that needs to change. And so that your, your direction and, and then your behavior can change as well. So radically change the way you think, and that will turn your life in the right direction so that your actions will follow that. And then he says this, so that your sins would be, uh, be blotted out or, or washed away or cleansed or forgiven. And so when you, when you for example have a change of heart towards the Lord and your relationship, your understanding of how you relate to him and you turn to him, this, you, you're able to receive forgiveness and there's that cleansing. But all of that are, takes place and then the refreshing comes and then the new life comes and then God does the, the, the new or the better thing. God, God gives you that fresh start, that, that uh, fresh breath of air, you know, at, at that point. That's what, when people are saying, man, I just, I just need some change. Oftentimes, people can't wait to get out of Kalamazoo. When, they, when I graduate, I'm out of here, right? I'm moving somewhere else. Where are you moving to? I'm moving, I don't know, I'm just going somewhere. I'm going to Florida or California or whatever. Why? Well, because I just got to get out of this place. You know, wherever you go, there you are. And so you can change the outside, but it's not going to change the inside, now, if you're going to be mean and ugly, you might as well be mean and ugly in Hawaii because it's nice there, but, but that's not going to help it because you're going to be wanting to get out of that place too because it's on the inside of you. And so it's not the refreshing doesn't come from, from the environment. It happens when something changes in here, and then God pours out and gives a new start. And I want to talk to you about something that I believe is from the Lord that will help us experience the refreshing from God. Because he said something about forgiveness right here, about us receiving the forgiveness of God. And you know, there's something else that's tied to or interwoven with receiving forgiveness. You know what that is? It's giving forgiveness. It's forgiving others. You know, there's so many things in life that people can do to you to hurt you. They can say things, mean things, terrible things. Sometimes as kids, you grow up and your parents tell you how you were an accident, unwanted, that you're never going to make it, that you're the cause of the problems, that it's because of you that your mom and, and I couldn't work things out. It's because of you that I have to work all these hours. It's because of you that we can't have nice things. You know, they say things like that. It's because of you. And these, are, these words come and they wound us. There are things that people have done physically to us to harm us, to take advantage of us. There's times that we've trusted our heart with friend, to our friends, and then they've, they've shared our secrets with others, and they've walked out on us. All those things, would you say that that, that, that wounds us, right? That, that can be hurtful. And one of the natural responses is to hold that against people. Because if, if, if you've mistreated me and you've hurt me, then I need to protect myself, and I need to keep you away. And so sometimes you absolutely do need to keep someone physically away from you because they're a dangerous person. Absolutely. But often associated with that protecting ourselves is we build up this wall of unforgiveness. 
Whether they're asking for it or not, we build up this wall, and, and it's a way that we can preserve ourselves and our own safety. And, and we think that by holding that against them, that for some, some way that we're going to stay safe or we're going to be free from that. And the reality is, when we hold on to unforgiveness, we're not keeping that person in chains. It keeps our own life. We're in chains. It's like, it's like we're trying to lock them up and make them pay for what they did, their crime against us, but in reality, we're the ones in jail. We're the ones that are locked up through unforgiveness. And what they did still has power over you when you won't forgive. In, in Mark chapter 11, verses, uh, let's, let's start at verse 24. It's this passage where Jesus is talking about the power of, of prayer and, and and speaking words in faith. And it's something that we're probably, mo- many of us are familiar with. He talks about, you know, speaking to the mountain and don't doubt and you believe it and that mountain's gonna move. And then verse 24, he says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And so he's given us a, a great word of encouragement there. But then he goes into this other, like he ties something else into it. In verse 25, he says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses, your sins. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And that's one of those scary passages because I don't know about you, but I don't want there to be anything that's, that's keeping me away from the flow of forgiveness. I don't want there to be anything that's keeping me away from the fellowship with God. But I know this, what what the scripture does tell us is that unforgiveness, it messes up relationships. And right here, he's sitting here and he's saying, unforgiveness will mess up your relationship with God as well as other people. And in order to receive that, that refreshing, the way we think about forgiveness and what people have done to us it needs to change. The way that we think about that event, that action, those words, what that person has done to us, it needs to change. In order to be refreshed and to be free from that, we've got to see it another way, and we have to turn uh, and get in alignment with God in this area. When we do that, then that's when God is able to take that burden, that heavy weight we've been carrying of unforgiveness. And you know unforgiveness is a heavy weight. There are so many people who, who are thinking about what, some, what has been done to them years ago, and they stew on it to where they get ulcers. They sit there and they become bitter and critical of everybody else. When you've been hurt by a certain person, maybe you were hurt by authority, and then you, you turn and you look at all authority that way. Maybe it was your, your dad that you were hurt by, and so you look at God that way, and you're holding something against them. Maybe you were hurt by you know, a certain group of people, and so other people who are similar to that group, you hold it against them. That's going to mess with you, and it's a heavy weight to carry. It's something that you were never meant to bear up under. And so... The scripture here is, sitting, is saying we need to forgive others. If you're praying and you want God to do great things in your life like he just said he would do, I mean, you want to say to that mountain, move and it'll move. You want God to show up in powerful ways, forgive others. 
forgive others. And one of the reasons that we don't forgive others, I think, is because we have a hard time receiving forgiveness. Sometimes we think, I've messed up so many times, I can't go to God. And so what do we do? We hide like Adam and Eve. We're ashamed. We think, oh, if he finds out about this, or if I go and say it one more time, he's, gonna, you know, he's not going to forgive me this time. And, and how many of us have promised never to do that one thing again? That one thing. Man, okay, God, I know I've, I've done this like a thousand times, but I swear to God, to you, that this is the last time. And I'm not going to do it again. If I do this again, God, strike me dead. You know, like, oh, no, I mean, don't do it just in case. If I do it like 10 more times, right? There's, there's this, like, I'm going to promise to obey the, the, uh, the word of God here. I'm going to promise. And by promising, I, I said it. And if I don't do it, then oh, it's like his grace ran out. And we feel like God's grace is limited for some reason we hide. And the reality is God wants to cover us and he knows our weaknesses. I'm not giving excuse for it. I'm just saying this, that God's grace far exceeds your ability to sin. Don't test it. (laughs) Don't say, well, I'm going to find out. I'm just saying this. Yeah, absolutely. Live, Live right before the Lord. But this is why we need Jesus in the first place, because we're not perfect. And if we have a hard time receiving the forgiveness of God, or maybe you're like Judas, Judas betrayed Jesus. What did he do? Afterwards, he felt so terrible about it that instead of going to God and asking for forgiveness, he went and hung himself. He took his own life because he was overwhelmed by the guilt. When you have a hard time receiving forgiveness from God, you can do some really dumb things, really you know, permanent solutions to temporary problems. That's what suicide is. That's what Judas experienced. And you know what? God, wanted, uh, God doesn't want you to, to live like that. When we see ourselves to where we uh, are outside of the forgiveness of God, if we have a hard time receiving forgiveness, we project that on other people. And so we don't want to give that to them. We don't want to extend the grace to them. We think that if I'm blowing it and I don't deserve it, you don't deserve it either. Now, I know there's some people in here who say, I don't have any problem with forgiveness. I would forgive that person if they start about a quarter mile down the road and they get on their hands and knees and they crawl over glass to get here. And while they're doing it, they're announcing how bad of a person they were and how justified I am in being able to, you know, to hold unforgiveness against them. And then when they finally get here, if they, if they apologize and tell them, I was right, they, they were wrong, and, uh, and then they post it on Facebook and tell everybody what a lousy person they are, I would surely forgive them. No strings attached. Like, no, I'm <laughs> totally benevolent like that. Because we feel like we have to do that with the Lord. Like, I, until I live like three days good, I can't address this issue with Him. And the reality is, right in the midst of your issue, you need to go to the Lord because his forgiveness is extended to you. Now, there's another scripture I want to look at with you from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, because it's a verse that's given to us on the other side of the cross. You got to remember, when Jesus said this about forgive others or else your father won't forgive you, uh, that's on the front side of the cross. And, and it is important to absolutely forgive, but now we don't forgive others 
or else God won't forgive us, but we, we turn it a little bit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So now the scripture is sitting here and saying, the way that you are to forgive others isn't based on what, it isn't based on them making it right. You're to forgive others and approach others the way that God in Christ forgave you. How did God in Christ forgive you? Was it when you finally recognized that you're the problem and you made it up to him? Did you, did you pay him back? Did you get everything right and then earn his forgiveness? No, the way that God in Christ forg- forgives us is before we even ask, before we even recognize that what we've done is wrong. Before, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. That means this, before I even ask for forgiveness, he already paid the price for it and extended it to me. Did you know that Jesus, when he went to the cross, he didn't just die for those who would become Christians, but he died for the sins of the whole world? So on the cross, he was paying the penalty for everybody who has ever lived, ever would live. And he has already paid the penalty for everybody's sins, and he has already made forgiveness available to the entire world. And it's not just you committing sins that would keep you out of heaven. You know, your sin has already been paid for. It's been satisfied before the Lord. It's not simply that we commit sins that keeps us out of, would keep us out of heaven. It's that we don't receive the forgiveness of God. We don't receive salvation. That's what keeps people out, out of heaven. They don't receive the salvation that's in Jesus, the forgiveness that's already been extended to them. So yeah, they continue to sin, but they stay in their sin, and then they'll experience the consequences of it, as opposed to receiving the forgiveness that's already available to them before they even asked. And that's how God and Christ forgave us. Before we even asked, Jesus paid the price, and he said, your debt has been paid. The penalty or the repayment for the things you've done wrong, that has already been paid for at the cross. And so Father God has accepted that payment on our behalf. Jesus made it. Now, that's important because we receive that forgiveness and that that cleansing ourselves. But then the Bible says, you are to turn and forgive others in that same way. I know in a group this size that you have people that have hurt you. You have things that people have done that are just wrong. And, and let me just say this, they're wrong. They had no right to do it, and it shouldn't have happened. And it's terrible that it's happened. And there's nothing they can do to make it up to you and make it right, because it's already happened. They can try to repay. And, and you know, when we do something wrong to somebody, we should do our best to make it right. We should apologize. We should pay them back. We should, you know, we should do those things. But the reality is there's nothing that someone can do to go back and change that. They can't pay for it. They can't fully make it up to you. And what unforgiveness does, it says, you owe me. You owe me. And in the way we see the person, it doesn't matter what they do. Sometimes the person will try to make it up. And when there's unforgiveness, they still owe us. 
Sometimes that person is out of our life. We'll never see him again. And yet we feel like that check better be in the mail. You owe me. Sometimes it's somebody who is, has died and will never have an opportunity to come and apologize to us. And so we still hold this sense of, of um, unforgiveness against them. We won't release them. But again, the reality is you're the one that needs to be released through forgiving. The way that God does it is he initiates it. What I believe that Jesus is saying to us today is, will you let my sacrifice, my payment for sin be enough for that person in your life? Because they can't fix it. They may or may not ever try. But there's something that we can experience right here, whether it doesn't mean you, you trust them back into your life. It doesn't mean that, that you allow them to continue to injure you. But what it does mean is, Jesus, I receive your sacrifice on their behalf. In the same way that, that your, your death paid for my sins, and you don't hold anything against me, your death paid for their sins against me, and I don't hold anything against them. And when you can change the way you think and see that person, that group of people, that situation, and, and bring that before God, and in your mind and in your heart, release them, then all of a sudden, guess what happens? And my heart, my heart changes, and I start to experience some healing. And then all of a sudden, this weight that I've been carrying, man, I've laid that at the cross. All of a sudden, this bitterness on the inside, I'm a little bit more happy now. All of a sudden, these things that, that just made me angry on the inside, man, they don't make me angry anymore. And I'm not looking for them to make things right because Jesus has already made it right. And then I can look at that person or those group, the group of people or whoever that represents, and I can say, you know what? I, I want the best for you. I want God's grace on your life. I want you to get what's coming. No, I mean, I want you to get the, the, the best that God can do in your life. That's how you know you've forgiven someone, when you can pray for them and bless them. Again, some people say, do you forgive and forget? I don't know. The scripture doesn't say forgive and forget. That's a, that's a saying, right? But it does say forgive. Let God renew your mind in the way you think about it. How about that? Sometimes I can look back and say, yeah, that person, what they did, that was wrong. I love them. Because I want God to look back at the things that I've done and say, oh, I love them. That was wrong, but man, I don't remember it anymore. Because God does forgive, and he doesn't forget, but he does choose not to remember. He does choose not to remember. The Bible says this, as far as the east is from the west, so, so shall your sins be from me. What's that mean? East goes that way, west goes that way, and, and they never cross. They'll never, they, they never cross paths again. That's what God does with our sin. And he says, I'll remember their sins no more. Doesn't mean that he forgets, because he knows everything, but he chooses never to bring it up again. And so that's how God operates with us, and that's how we've got to operate in life. If you continue to bring things up about what happened in the past when you're dealing with conflict or a certain situation, you've not forgiven. You've not forgiven, fully released. And so, so this is a thing. Can, can the, the grace of God be enough for that situation? Sometimes I'll talk to people and, and, and would you believe 
that we make mistakes at church? Would you believe that sometimes we make poor leadership decisions or we don't treat people right? Some of you are like, no, I wouldn't believe that. Others are like, yeah, here's a list. Okay, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you who has the list right now. Sometimes I'll talk to people and I'll have to apologize like, oh, I'm so sorry. I did that or we did that or that, that happened here leadership-wise. Um, and then they'll bring up two or three other things. And I'll look at that and I think, there's a lot of fuel on this fire already. So it wasn't just this one thing, it's everything. And the problem is, as Christians, we remember those things. We remember those things and we hold them against people. And so here's one more thing. Don't live your life allowing the next thing to be one more thing. That next thing, forget the stuff in the past. Forgive. I guess forgive and forget, right? <laughs> don't, don't, look, don't look at that and dwell on those things. Release people from it. Release people from it. Don't live your life like that, always remembering the wrongs people have done to you. If you the people who, who make it the furthest are the ones that don't carry the, the heavy weights of the past with them. Why is it that someone can come up through terrible situations, everything's against them, and they rise to the top when other people who... Maybe not even, they didn't have it that bad. They don't make it. What is it? They let things go. They, they allow the mistakes of others to be covered by the blood of Jesus. What you did was wrong, but I'm not going to let that hold me back. I'm not going to let that hold me back. And I think that maybe the Lord's sitting here, sitting here saying this to us today. Don't let these things hold you back. I've got so much more for you. I want to refresh you. I want to pour out my spirit into your life. I want to do a new thing. Would you forgive? Would you let it go? Would you let my sacrifice be enough? Can I pay their debt? Will you let Jesus pay their debt? Come on, if you want him to pay yours, which is great. Nobody has driven you to the cross. Nobody's, you know, wrongs they've done has, has cost you your life even as God in Christ forgave you. Forgive him.